1: U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
0: Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris List. This podcast is sponsored by Fanduel. There is a special offer for new Fanduel users. Get a free six-month RedWire subscription with a $10 deposit on Fanduel. Go to redwirecom slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription but you also have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW as usual. I'm joined by my co-host Dalton Del Don. This
1: is the East Coast Offense Podcast.
0: What's up, Dalton? How you doing, man?
1: Doing pretty well. Um, went to the Warriors game last night. Uh, we actually had ridiculously good seats. Um, it's funny that I, I bet on them before the season at 66.5 wins over, and uh, I thought I had lost that for sure when Durant went down. And they sat at 66 last night, and then uh, I watched them in person lose at home as 10-point favorites, uh, ending their 14-game winning streak to the Jazz, whom without uh, Gordon Hayward. So uh, so it goes. Uh, my, my streak with the Warriors is not great. I was at Game 7 last year and, and then last night. But uh,
0: You are a worthless sack. And you know what else I saw that really disturbed me with like a game left on the schedule? Our NFBKC team, Yeah. yeah. which I entrusted to you which is in second place all year, and I think only the first two spots pay, is in third place with one game to go. And, I mean, if we went the whole year and you wasted my time looking at the standings and ex- expecting that we'd be splitting that 700
1: bucks, and we don't cash, there's going to be hell to pay. It's very frustrating. I, I feel like the NBA has become week 17 in the NFL. I, I don't know how much you follow it, but it's just so frustrating. Players sitting out team's tanking it's just it's it's kind of a nightmare especially in leagues that aren't daily transactions it's, it's very tough um that's my excuse you know the
0: nba honestly it should just end february 1st fantasy nba it's like maybe january 1st it, it's just it's just not worth it and i've gotten a long rant about this but like obviously there needs to be like 55 games in a year and then the playoffs need to be first off there needs only to be like baseball like you know there's three teams to make it, and then a wild-card playoff game for that fourth team in each conference. Or, like, a couple teams have a one-game playoff to get in there or something. But just the way they do it is so ridiculous. These seven-game series every round for months, 82 games during the season. I mean, it's just a war of attrition. And all the smart teams, like the Spurs, are, like, strategically sitting guys early in the year. And the fans hate it because, like, you go to a game and, like, you're missing two of your key guys because they're just tanking it. The regular season doesn't matter because... Everybody makes the playoffs. Who's any good? It's just a stupid more than game.
1: half the teams. More than half yeah. the teams make the playoffs. It's just a
0: stupid setup. It, now, they're never the owners are such like idiots. Like they're never gonna give the money back. They're like eighty-two games, all the playoff games. They're never gonna say they're never gonna reduce it because they'd have to lose money on that. But like long term, it's just dumb. It just makes the the league dumb. It's like who cares? Like l- last few years, the Clippers—they're finally healthy, but they used to just always have Chris Paul and Blake Griffin hurt. So it was like, there's no point in even the Clippers being in the playoffs the last few years. It was a total waste. Things like that, you know, that just would be much less likely to happen if they played 55 games. There was two games a week. They all went all out. And things like the lottery and shit, such bullshit. Like, the last two teams shouldn't even be in the lottery. You know, the worst two teams. Like, that shouldn't even be an option. You should have to, like, earn your way into the lottery. You, you should have to be at least, like, you know, in the bot. Like the, the first team that doesn't make the playoffs should get, like you know, the same amount of ping pong balls is like the fifth team that is the last team that's even like the fifth to last team that's the last team eligible for ping pong balls. The bottom four should be kicked out of the lottery or something like that. So everybody's incentivized to try and there's 55 games and there's two games a week and guys stay healthy in the playoffs. Much fewer teams make it. The playoffs are way shorter. It's not best of seven every series. Best of seven, all that does is make sure that like it's impossible for an underdog ever to win because the sample is so big. It's like, yeah, of course, the the favorites. Okay, gonna win. okay,
1: hold on though. You could argue, you'd have an argument the other way though, right? I mean, it's it's it, it makes the regular season more important. What do you mean? It's not important at all. To have home court and uh, to have mar- a it's team. marginal. It's marginal.
0: You don't think if Golden State was an eight seed, they'd still be one of the favorites
1: to win the title? Well, of course, but the point is that like there there are far fewer uh, upsets when it comes to the NBA. What, what, would you, far, what
0: would you rather? What would you rather have? Would you rather have the Warriors completely healthy, completely fresh, totally rested, and be an eight seed, or totally worn out with like guys with nagging injuries and be a one seed?
1: Obviously, the the eight seed. Right.
0: So, like, honestly, the Warriors shouldn't be winning sixty six games. They should be winning like forty four, and just rest everybody all year to optimize their chances of winning a, a championship. Do you not like basketball
1: much? I love Sounds basketball. Like it.
0: It's great. It's great. I just don't like this half ass version where everybody's like. Sitting players half the time, and then like in the playoffs, like so many injuries. That one year, the Cavs made the finals, and it was like LeBron against the entire Warriors team because Kevin Love and Kyrie
1: Irving were hurt. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really weird this year too. The Cavs keep losing right now, and they have like a horrible defensive rating. But there's no, there's not a chance on God's green earth that they don't run through the East. <laughs> like there's this zero percent chance they don't easily win. well I
0: what you, so I did a two to one bet with Trevor, my producer. His, my forty against his twenty. I got the Cavs. He's got the field.
1: That's a joke. Uh, just to, to win the East. Yeah,
0: just to win the East. Oh, no question. I'm, That's I'm, like what I'm the under- Vegas odds are. I mean, it's not that different,
1: you know. Yeah, well, I agree with you though. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so I, I feel like it is. Um, it, it's funny because our League of Leagues team, the one you mentioned, I have another RotoWire online championship in which I'm actually top twenty five overall. I, uh-huh. I lead by points um mm-hmm. in that so it's it's actually coming down to the final two days but yeah it's, it's very frustrating everyone's sitting like uh, it's just it's so you might dumb. as well treat it like, it's yeah so it's so dumb it's so, frustrating. so dumb
0: it's, it, they just don't the product is not optimized for either public fans or fantasy or anything it's just optimized
1: to make money for the owners yeah yeah so um <laughs> so i have a couple questions wait, 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 for you wait, wait, though. West so Park, how are we doing West in the league of how are we doing the league of leagues? Oh, we're up three points right now, as of right now. three win, points. Do we win the league of leagues? If we win basketball, did Jake Seely hold off? No, uh, it's, it's that it comes down to someone passing uh, Cousin Sal in fifth place, Is and that it doesn't happen? look it doesn't look great. Yeah, I would say not going to happen. Those fucks, they're going to win. They're going. Brian and Cousin Sal are going to beat us. They're going to they're going to beat us overall. Yeah, That's, we're going to win three uh, leagues. Yeah, but we're we're gonna win gonna win three we'll win some money. we They're going to
0: win one. I know we we just fucked up baseball last year. That was really what killed us.
1: I know, I know. Yeah, so, we're gonna win two so, leagues overall, and they're gonna win one, and yet they're gonna win overall. Right. So that's kind of kind of frustrating, but still. So, so um, jo- I I actually really like the team. So Joe is gonna send us more money for basketball, though. Um, I, I believe so. Yes, nice. yes, yeah, nice. Or All either right. that or you owe me money. One one or the other, but but yeah.
0: Okay. Right. Right. Okay, so what else? What else you got?
1: Okay, I was going to ask you, uh, um, (laughs) just as you shat on uh, hoops, but uh, I'm curious your opinion Westbrook or Harden for MVP?
0: I haven't looked at it that closely, but we did have Dre on uh, like a week ago or two weeks ago, and he said Harden would be his guy. Dre knows what he's talking about. He said Harden's his guy. I just think he's got a little bit more, um, at least according to him, like just a little bit more value in terms of like distributing the ball as well as scoring, whereas Westbrook gets a lot of assists. I guess westbrook had a lot of assists, too, and he's triple-double, And but he's just Westbrook gets just such a high usage rate,
1: and I think Harden's a little more efficient. Yeah, and Harden's going to shatter the turnover record, but um, it's a three-seed versus a six-seed. I mean, it would be very rare to win MVP and, and, and win the amount of games in which Westbrook would do, but he is averaging a triple-double, which is pretty absurd, so... I personally bet on Harden at um, ten to one before the season, so I'm rooting for him. Nice. But I actually, I actually think Westbrook's going to win because of the triple double like. average. Because they yeah, just sounds... not be able to resist. Yeah. Okay. So here's my next question for you. Um, if you were starting a franchise, uh, you 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 became the owner of the Knicks right now, which would you rather have? Uh, the number one overall pick in the draft, which apparently is a good one, or Greg Popovich? Um, I, who is the number one pick, by the way? There's a couple options, um, but but uh, the, just just say in general. How about that? <laughs> well, it really matters, right?
0: If it's LeBron, I'm definitely taking LeBron over whoever. But right, if it's right. like Kwame Brown and shit, Anthony Bennett, I'm taking Popovich. So I don't know. Like the average number one pick, like say a John Wall level guy, like a really good player, someone like that? Sure. So would
1: I rather have John Wall as a rookie or Popovich? Let's just go with that. That's probably better since I don't know those guys. Yeah. Because even even if even if we know like the, the this guy, like who knows, right? So 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 sure. John Wall. That's a good one. Yeah, I'd probably take Popovich over like
0: John Wall. I mean I'd take like LeBron over Popovich, obviously. I'd take right uh, you know I mean it's about at that line where the coach is. Who would you take in football? Would you take the number one pick or Belichick?
1: Well that that was my next question. Andrew Luck or Belichick oh, that was my next Belichick, question to you. Belichick over Andrew Luck. Okay.
0: If it was Aaron Rodgers, I'd probably take Rodgers, though.
1: Oh, interesting. Who just broke up with uh, Olivia Munn. Uh, so it's Markel Fultz, I think, is the guy who's uh, generally going to be uh, considered the number one pick. And he's from Washington. A team that did not make the tournament, by right. the way. That doesn't
0: mean anything because he's, you know, they're freshmen. Uh, what about Mason Del Don? When's
1: he going to be in the NBA? Oh, he well, I would take him. Yeah, he's going to be a baller. For sure, even though he still doesn't have hair in his head, but um he'll he'll be fine. But uh okay, so so you would take Belichick over Andrew Luck, though. Yeah, I would. Okay. Interesting. All right, all right, okay. Okay, a couple more things to throw at I'm you. Old. Uh, Belichick's old. Like if Belichick were like forty, I'd, I'd feel a lot better about it. Oh, for sure. Popovich is, isn't too too young either. Right. But um yeah. Okay, so um so before we went to um the, the game the game last night, went to a really nice restaurant we found in Oakland and um I'm a big rack of lamb guy, and I'm curious your opinion on lamb versus steak. I love both. I really love rack of lamb. A good lamb is delicious. Also, the thing about lamb
0: is also that it's – I think it's almost always grass-fed. I mean I don't think they can really factory farm lamb in that horrible way. So it's usually a little bit healthier, I think, because you don't get that factory-farmed grain-fed lamb – grain-fed meat. I think lamb pretty much – they have to be pastured and eat grass, so – um, I'm not positive about that, but I, I think I read that somewhere. So I, all things being equal, give me lamb. It's it's hard for me. I mean, I still like a good steak at a traditional steakhouse, but um, now that I'm just sort of into the grass-fed thing, it's hard for me to eat. It's hard for me to truly enjoy meat that's been factory farmed and kept in those horrible conditions. It's just I just can't really dig into it in the same way. Whereas, like, you're still murdering the animal for me. Like, I eat tons of meat, but I just enjoy it much more if it's like, Humanely raised, maybe that's like a cop out, but that's just how I feel about it.
1: All right, okay, fair enough. That's you, 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 you agree with me then, because I'm, I'm, I'm big. No, no, no. Guys. But a good okay, grass fed sure.
0: steak, like a really good grass fed steak, uh, medium rare to rare, a little bit sure. of salt and pepper and butter Look, on it is is pretty damn good. Um, I have to order lamb, but steak is excellent. Okay,
1: right, right. You have to order medium rare though. I mean, anyone, you're butchering it if you don't uh, like, dip. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, there was a, a pretty a couple good fights uh, this weekend. Um, so Lomachenko is a, is a boxer who's probably the best pound-for-pound fighter right now, and I bet on him. Uh, the thing was to bet on him to win would have been 25-to-1, and I didn't want to do that, so I bet on the under 9.5 rounds, and his opponent threw in the towel entering round 10. So it was the sickest thing ever for me uh, on that. That was fun. And Daniel Cormier fought Anthony Johnson in a UFC fight, and um, I don't know if you saw this, but this was pretty pretty much across the headlines. But he weighed in and, and and came across the the 205 mark, and he lost 1.2 pounds in two minutes. How's that? In two minutes. How do you do in that? Two, so uh, there's a couple of conspiracy theories, but um one was he uh the two trainers, so he obviously had to walk in naked, right? <laughs> and two trainers held the the, the towel tightly, and he pulled down on it. I've never heard of this, but apparently that's a wrestling trick. And if you hold down on the towel, you can – apparently that happened. Obviously, UFC did not want to lose their main event, but that's what happened. 1.2 pounds in two minutes and apparently shenanigans with the towel. You should should, (laughs) – I I will send you an email. Without cutting
0: cutting something off, um, I don't see how you can lose the pounds in that type of time.
1: Uh, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, he he won. He beat Anthony Johnson. It was a, it was a good fight. And um, I know you're not into UFC, but I just wanted to mention that. And the next thing is um, UFC is bullshit, of-
0: man. That's some bullshit.
1: Now nah, it's super entertaining. You're if crazy. if UFC you're- I, again, bring me Bruce Lee, karate kicking someone in the
0: face. Then I'll watch UFC. That <laughs> fucking ground and pound shit is stupid. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, if there wasn't much ground and pound in this one, but he karate he is kick a very in the good face,
0: dude. Karate kick in the face. That's all I want to see. Okay. I don't want to see this bullshit. I've never seen. I saw this dude Kung Lee throw a couple good kicks. (laughs) That was like Kung Lee wouldn't even make it as one of like the henchmen that Bruce Lee dispatches twenty at a time of (laughs) in Enter the Dragon. He's like he's like shitty at karate. Bruce Lee coming in there, flying over the dude's head, kicking the dude in the back of the head, kicking him in the face, roundhouse kicking somebody. Chuck Norris. That's what I want to see. Some Steven Seagal, some Aikido, right? Kumite? You see all the Kumite? If you mention Chuck Norris
1: and Seagal, then you, you, then you definitely know what you're talking Seagal.
0: about. Seagal. Seagal.
1: Current-day Seagal.
0: Like, fat, old Seagal. Smashing some dude out of the he's ring. like a
1: sheriff. Some small
0: town. He's like a current sheriff or something. Yeah, exactly. That's. I mean, come on, man. It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. Or you just have like Shaq and his peak fight like Jean-Claude Van Damme who's like 5'2". See who wins that? That would be fun, you know? But, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme would get his ass kicked in MMA. But like Bruce Lee would have kicked some of those guys' asses. This is all amateur hour, man.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, if you say so, you're you're you you could not be more wrong about this, but I'm not gonna get into <laughs> debate about man. it. But... I wanna see some I want to see some true masters do this shit. Did you, <laughs> you see the movie Ong Bak, that dude? You see Ong Bak? You've told me about that for years. Have you I seen have it? Not. Did
0: you you never saw no, the movie? I don't God, you were such a, a it's ridiculous, man. Do your homework before you do this podcast. You come on this podcast act like you're informed. You don't know shit.
1: You're a funny man, Liz. Um, okay, my next my next uh, topic to bring up to you is the uh, it's the biggest topic of the week. Actually, everyone's sending you this. Uh, I mean, You've I, seen the United I, Airlines well, guy, I, yeah? I
0: did a tweet storm on it. I, I totally covered this. We we spent at least twenty minutes ranting on it, Jeff and I, on the XM show yesterday. Just
1: twenty minutes straight ranting on it. All right. Well. Not everyone listens to that. overlap, so go, go do, Look, do it. How about – So I'll give you just a couple points sure. on this, right? Like
0: United is so fucking stupid, right? Like think about this. You oversell the plane. Okay, fine. You're taking a gamble. You're like we're going to keep overbooking and people will get off, right? So you're like, okay, 400, no one takes it. 800, no one takes it. Or three guys take it. There's one guy who won't take it. Well, I mean there's still one seat that you need to get rid of. Just make it twelve hundred. Okay, no one takes it. Make it two grand. Make it five grand. For five grand, there's gonna be people elbowing each other running to the front of the plane to get the fuck off. For five grand. There's no doubt about it. Half the plane's gonna try to get off for five grand. Twenty grand, you're gonna have a riot, right? There's gonna be people karate kicking each other Bruce Lee style to get to the front to get the twenty grand. Like it's not even close, right? So what the fuck what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're forcibly removing someone from the plane? I mean, just offer a little bit more money. What do you give a shit? It's just it's it's nothing in the scheme of things. Now they've got they've already lost like a billion dollars in stock or more. They would pay a million. Oh
1: yes, heard that today. It's it's insane, right? The stock. They
0: they should have paid a million per person to get them off there. I mean, the the thing about it is this: this is a a bad trend in society, which is like you know you you pay your health insurance every month, then and 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 which is basically they're betting that you'll be healthy. You're betting that you might get sick. Why you got sick? They lost the bet. Okay, pay up. Oh no, I'm not sure that's covered, and you got to go in network, and you, you know it's like they lost the fucking bet but they don't want to pay right like you made a bet if, if if they win the bet which means you don't get sick and you don't use your insurance you just keep paying the premiums you keep paying but if they lose the bet now you got to fight for your money right it's really fucked up and United same thing they overbooked the flight and they're assuming either you know people won't show up or they'll have to miss it or if it's overbooked and people are there and they need to get their employees somewhere they can just buy people off for a couple hundred bucks that's the bet they made but they lost the bet they couldn't get people to take it for 800 bucks, so you got to pay up. You got to pay what it costs to get them off, right? If, if I want to buy a United ticket and it's 500 bucks, I only have 300. If I don't have the going rate, I don't get my seat. Well, now I own the seat because I bought it, and you want the seat back. You got to pay my rate. Right? You got to pay somebody's rate to get the seat back. That's how it goes. They don't give you a seat for less than the rate. Why should you give it to them for less than the rate? Honestly, next time, you're and United or any other airline, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we're overbooked. We need somebody to give up their seats." You should just stand up and say, "You know what? Let's none of us do this for less than five grand." Everybody just say, Who, "Whoever, nobody take it for less than five grand." I mean, what are they going to do? You know, they're the ones overbooking. They got to pay the piper when they lose the bet.
1: No, for sure. No, I, as you said, the publicity and, and, and the stock is, is crazy. But like, well, what, how, how is it even possible to overbook a flight, though? Like, I, I, I just well, don't no, even they, understand
0: that. I think they do it because they probably – it's just a bunch of fucking number cruncher guys who are like, you know, like every you know flight which has 200 people on it, like three or four people don't show up. So why let those seats go empty? Just overbook. Make even more money than the plane has capacity. Right? right? right. And then if there's a problem, just pay a couple guys. You know, they've done the math. They've worked it out probably.
1: Yeah, well, they they lost. They lost, but <laughs> I mean,
0: they're just so dumb, and the violence and shit. I mean, I mean, it's just they're just so stupid. And why are the police getting involved on United's behalf? I mean, this is a contract dispute, right? And United is on the wrong side of it. Like, sort of like I bought the seat. Now you want it back, and they're like, oh, we did it by lottery, so you got to go. Fuck you. What? What? The lottery somehow justifies you taking the seat that I paid for and reserved in advance? Are you crazy? Other thing that I was talking about is that. He was a doctor, and he said he wanted to be back for his patients, and people are talking about that. Right, right. Who gives a fuck? Right. Let's say I'm a loafer, and I have weed to smoke at my house, and I'm trying to get back so I can smoke that weed. It doesn't matter. It's, we all have the same rights. I, I don't need, like, a good yeah, reason yeah, yeah, to yeah. yeah. Thousand I percent. I have a contractual right to that seat. You can get it back for me. Just fucking pay the cost. Offer me enough, and I'll give it back to you. No problem. I mean, that's just how it goes. I don't get the United seat unless I pay their rate. You don't get my seat back after I've bought it unless you pay my rate. That's how it goes.
1: And the seat they- should be the same. You're saying as regardless of the person's importance I've, of where he's it's going. Not, it's
0: not up to them to decide whether I'm important.
1: You know, it's right. once you sell me the seat, it's my seat. I got rights.
0: And then you know, the, you know, obviously, just the totalitarian nature of like violently ripping him off the plane. I mean, it's it's fascism. You know, it's like it's like we think of like fascism as the province of, of governments. You know, governments are fascist, but. You know, it's corporate fascism. You know, you, you go go to Vegas and start counting cards and see how they treat you if you win a lot of money from them. They'll beat the shit out of you too, those corporations. Like, you know, it it's it's fucked up, you know, and, and, and they, they're like monopolies basically now, so they treat you like shit. And they'll you know, United probably people have you have to fly United if you out of certain cities to other cities. It's the okay. only, you know, common flight from a lot of places. So it's just a big antitrust problem that they need to tackle that they're not and it's obviously just a, another area in society where you know people just need to get just say no like it's like health insurance all this shit it's just they treat you like fucking garbage and it's you know it's it's i think I think Americans are at the breaking point i'm not coming back dude I'm coming back to Lisbon next year, and part of it's just like health insurance like i I, don't, I just don't want to be stolen from, so I'm just not going to pay that shit it's just nice here.
1: So yeah, so you're, you're, uh, the reason that you abruptly had me do this podcast, so you're going to, to Paris soon in a couple go, days.
0: Going to Paris Thursday morning, and then Champagne. Um, Heather's friend of a friend has a like a chateau there or something that we're staying at. By the way, can you can you name a beverage that comes from that region? Of-
1: mm, no.
0: in from Champagne, yeah, it's hard to name one. It's hard to think of one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Champagne, maybe? Yeah, How about that?
0: That's a good one, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the one. It just
1: came to me. It just came to me. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. I assume we'll drink some champagne when we're there. So okay. yeah, we're going for a couple of days.
1: It should be chill. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Tell me some more details.
0: I don't really know, actually. Uh, we're we're staying at this like nice hotel in Paris on Starwood points. Reservations at some restaurants that Heather knows about. And I don't know shit about it. And nice. uh, then we're taking a train or renting a car or something like that. So,
1: how's how's Sasha loving uh, the the foreign lands?
0: She's doing well. She wasn't like she had a good time in Berlin, but she was stuck with us. She couldn't go to school because we didn't get the permission to stay. So, you needed to get permission to do this to to get schools. And here she goes to school. She has friends there. Now we have like kind of a social life. We met some really cool people here. This woman who's from, uh, well, she's from Canada, but her husband's from Brazil. They lived in Brazil. Um, And then like some people from Australia and. UK and some other random people that we met that are cool, we've hung out with, uh, hanging out with their kids. Sasha was like, now like, knows all the neighborhood kids and plays with them, even though like she doesn't really understand what they're saying, but she's picking up a little bit of it. She's having a good time. She's, she's good.
1: Good, good to hear. All right. You can throw some baseball stuff at me if you want. If not, we can cut this short. But obviously, I want to ask you just, I mean, I'm, I'm actually really personally uh, curious your thoughts on this whole Syria stuff. Um we'll we'll talk about it in a sec. I'll
0: throw some baseball stuff at you real quick.
1: One is I have Byron Buxton everywhere and oh, he's
0: hitting like the strike man. Like, out, yeah, he's out. he's hitting like the average man off the street. Like if I got in, you know, and got thirty at bats, I'd probably strike out like twenty five times. You know, what I mean it'd be about about what he's doing. And it's it's weird because like no matter how much he's not ready for the major leagues, he's not this not ready.
1: Like something's wrong. Like nobody's this bad, right? Yeah, something's so. definitely wrong. No, Really good defensively, so I think that he's going to stay in the lineup. But, I mean, boy, he went from third to seventh really quickly. Well, and, yeah, 14 yeah. strikeouts and 26 at-bats. is No, yeah, like, three more today. He's
0: 17 and 20 now. Three more today.
1: Jesus. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's just, it's, yeah. like, unbelievable. It's, like,
0: what what would the average man off the street do if he got into a baseball game? he just swing and miss every time. I mean, that's that's
1: what he's doing. Do you think we could do better, you and me, if we tried to just bunt every time? Probably not. Like, it would it'd be pretty brutal. I mean, like, I probably have you ever hit knuckles. a pitching
0: machine? Have you ever like hit a pitching machine that's set for like 70 or 80?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd probably break my my it's
0: hand. Pretty, it's when, pretty, it's yeah. like pretty fast. Like if you see it like 80, <laughs> it's pretty fast. Yeah. And, and this well, shit's come, this kid's coming a lot faster with like movement yeah. and stuff. Right. Uh, so. But um, it's still
1: it's still a go. I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you make of this? Like, he had a pretty I, good second I, half I last year. I don't know. Year.
0: Well, it was, it was just really one month, but I don't know. I just don't know what's going on. I, he, there's something. He seems like a hard worker. He's not, like, partying like Puig was or anything. He's he's not, like, there's no, like, character issue with the guy. I I think he's, like, probably really anxious in some way, but he's just keeping it together somehow. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, he's not there. A professional can't hit this badly. Like, I don't know what (laughs) – something's going on. Like, it it would be like – it would be like we got you on the podcast and you suddenly, like, didn't speak English as a first language anymore. You know, it's just, like, suddenly you don't know how to do what you've done all your life. I don't understand. You know, it's weird.
1: It's pretty bad, no,
0: for sure. Yeah. It's just strange. I've never seen anyone hit that badly for, for even for this stretch. I don't I don't think so any what, any
1: player in baseball was this bad for any stretch last year. No, I agree. What what is your recommendation then? Just remain I mean, patient. What are you, what yeah, are you mean, supposed to say? What I, what are you gonna do? I think you just hold
0: for a little while. I mean, you can bench him, but I just think what else are you gonna do? You can't drop a guy who can go fifteen thirty, right? I mean, he showed he can do it. Right. So I mean I don't know what else I don't it's know absurd, what to
1: say. Right. No, I mean I, I mean this is out of control. It's, it's one thing to be like, "Oh, he's not hitting well." Yeah, I mean, I who cares? Miguel like, Cabrera's like like to a bad start. Who cares? Right, like right. it doesn't matter. Like but
0: right. um right. but the fact that I mean, Bucks I, I honestly even in a small sample, which is like 30 plate appearances or whatever it is, I I would think that no major leaguer that's in the league right now had any 30 appearance stretch this bad. Think about what that means any stretch of their 600 at bats or 400 bats or 100 at bats i don't know if there's anybody who had this bad of a stretch at any point
1: that's like very extreme it is i i I miss what you today's yeah over three with three k's it's just just
0: amazing you know i mean it's it it really is it's not bad it's just it's just swing and
1: miss it's yeah that's 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 epic actually I, i agree that's epic all these closers are just be that. That's kind of the storyline of the first two weeks of the year. The closers are just getting annihilated. But um, yeah, it's so early. Everyone just the 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 main thing is just to remain patient. I well, would say. I don't know because here's the thing. Like
0: I wrote this article, um, last year. I was gonna write this article and then I realized I'd already written it. And it was about Trevor Story. He had like seven home runs in the first nine or ten days. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, ah, he's gonna fall apart. You know, this is just lucky, whatever. And I said, you know. The size of the sample is like one variable, right? There's another variable, which is the magnitude of the sample. And there's a third variable, which is sort of like the context, right? So you have like, Buxton, it's only 30 at bats, don't worry. But the magnitude of the sample is huge. As I said, it may be the worst 30 bats stretch of any player in baseball in the last five years, perhaps, right? I mean, it's the magnitude is gigantic. So the size of the sample says, okay, don't worry. But the magnitude says, no, this is significant. And I've, I've done this before. I've talked about this before where it's like, Let's say you, you flip a coin 20 times. It's not a really big sample. Do you know the coin's weighted or not, right? And you say, well, I got, I got 14 heads and six tails. That's pretty unlikely, so I think the coin might be weighted. And I say, nah, man, it's only a 20-flip sample. Flip it 2,000 times, and I'll tell you if it's weighted. And then you say, no, I, I only flipped it 20 times, but I got 20 heads and zero tails. It's still a small sample, but it's, it's less than one in a million that you get 20 heads and zero tails. So the size of the sample is still small, 20 flips, but the magnitude is enormous. You've got only heads.
1: I get what you're saying. It's like a, a starting pitcher who, who has one game, has 15 strikeouts, zero walks. It's like, right. okay, it's, a, it's, it's just game, but that, that is a guy right. I'm running to my waiver wire. Right, a- exactly. And, and we
0: actually had this other question I, I asked on Twitter last year. Would you rather have a guy who had 18 strikeouts in a game in one game last year or 200 strikeouts on the season last year? And most people said 200 strikeouts in the season. The sample's bigger.
1: And it's 18. It's a, the answer. The correct answer is 18.
0: Right. Because if you look at the people who have got 18 strikeouts in a game, it's like all Hall of Famers, pretty much, and like one or two other guys. Whereas right. many people have had 200 strikeouts in a season and sucked after that. So, right. it's you know don't don't be fooled by the, just the sample size. That's that is important, but that's just one variable. The other variable is the magnitude, and the third one is the context. Right. Like. Sure. If, a, if a guy in his story was a perfect one, the dude is a twenty three year old last year in course field with power in his minor league history hitting a ridiculous amount of home runs in a short time no no, no, this is a twenty five homer guy minimum, you know I mean most likely it's not oh small yeah. sample he'll he's just lucky if he hit three homers in a week, it still would have been good, but you could have more likely chalked that up to just a sample size anomaly you you wouldn't show you that much, but seven, okay, we gotta start thinking maybe there's something here
1: right incidentally he's sitting out tonight but yeah i get your point yes for sure a thousand yeah. percent
0: yeah exactly so that, that's all i want to say about the whole oh it's a small sample the season just started and the other the other flaw on that is like people are like oh well you know think you know home run rate doesn't stabilize till x amount of it bats you know and strikeout rate doesn't stabilize till 170 at bats or whatever because i'm not a stats guy but basically that like after x amount of it bats the guy's stat in this category is more due to skill than luck, we can say, after this amount of at-bats. But that's kind of like a stupid standard, because it's like, okay, well, we know after 170 at-bats, it's more likely that this guy's, I don't know, strikeout rate is because of skill instead of luck. Well, you're not going to be able to wait 170 at-bats, because someone else is going to pluck him from the waiver wire after 40 at-bats. So... (laughs) you know, even if it may, you may not be at 50% certainty at 40 at bats, maybe you're 15% certainty. It's 15% likely to be skill. Good enough. Time to pounce, right? The best owners are the ones who pounce after maybe not 1% more likely to be skill, right? 1% likely to be skill or 3%, but as it gets to five or 10 or 12, and then there's the other backstory where it's like he is a prospect or he was a prospect. That's when you know to pounce. A good owner finds the sweet spot where there's enough of a little indicator, whether it's 10% or 15% or whatever the sweet spot is, and pounces and grabs the guy before everybody else. The guy waiting for, oh, the preponderance of the evidence shows it's probably skill. Oh, yeah, no shit. He's long gone in your league. You're not going to get any new players who are breaking out.
1: Totally agree. And, wh- and I mean, I, I had some friends of mine when I first started in the industry, whenever this became a, a popular stat, you know, whatever it was, 10 years ago, about Babbitt. Like, doesn't that just kind of sound like bullshit, Babbitt?
0: Oh, it's total bullshit. I mean, it's not bullshit like in every case, but it's funny. We were talking to Joe Sheen on the radio, and he had some interesting points about all the new stats and the new StatCast stuff that's,
1: like, even, like, taking it to the next level beyond what we have. Right, because it's StatCast. StatCast, exit, velocity, and all that stuff is going to be... But in the end, like, you're never going to find, like, oh, the
0: spin rate plus velocity plus whatever is the port, you know, portends the breakout. There's things like combination. Like, they call it tunneling, like, using the same arm slot for different pitches, and then like pitch sequencing and shit like that, it's going to be in combination. Pitchers are good or bad in combination, and it's, you can't just isolate one thing. It's how it's set up. The batter's adjusting to the previous pitch. The pitcher's adjusting to the previous swing. It's constantly in motion, and the idea that no matter how much data you get, you're going to be able to crunch that, no way. Not, not in combination, you're not going to be able to. You can, you can figure out for one pitch anything, but when you start talking about multiple pitches and how they're setting each other up, there's no way you're going to be able to get a staff for that. And so what you're going to need, and Joe said it, he's like, that's where scouting comes in, where a guy can see a pitcher and be like, he knows what the hell he's doing, this guy. You know, he's, he's owning these guys. He's setting them up. He's mixing the pitches up just right, you know, and it's not going to be some quantifiable thing. It's going to be something where a person can notice result-oriented that this guy is doing it. You can see how the batters are off balance. It doesn't matter what the spin rate is. I mean, it, matter. it does matter. It does matter what the velocity is, what the spin rate is. All the shit matters, but, like, the difference is going to be sort of in combination. And that's going to be something that there's that the amount of math that it takes to sort of map that out is, is
1: going to be too vast. Sure. So what what is your recommendation is for someone like trying to like write about stuff being like, oh, this guy, I feel like he's a buy low guy. Like all these stats is just it's so difficult at this, at this yes. point. Like what 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 do you what would your recommendation be then at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm it's interesting, but like.
0: I, like, what Like what makes me want to acquire a pitcher or sell a pitcher? I mean, velocity is a big right, one, right? right? Like, Ariadne's velocity is down, even though he's pitched great for two starts. Like, I'd be selling him on that. And he walked a lot of guys last year, though his peripherals are good this year so far. I don't know. I think you got to look at the totality of the player. Like, I don't think you can look at, like, K-rate or this or that. Most of it's priced in. People know, right. you know, I, Robbie Ray had a high K-rate or Pineda had a high k You know, people know all this shit. People know who's doing what. Um, and
1: Pineda he, nearly had a perfect game, by the way.
0: Yeah, and we'll see if it's sustainable. One, one thing that I was t- talking to Jeff about today on the XM show that I think I'm coming around to more is like players like Miguel Cabrera. and He's obviously off to a terrible start. But Cabrera, like for the last 15 years, like he knows how to not just hit a baseball, but to play through nagging problems, to get on an airplane and get off an airplane 150 times or whatever they do. And show up in front of big crowds and f- keep his focus all year and crush a baseball. He knows how to do that. Ryan Braun knows how to do that, right? Like, these players that have done it, they know how to do it. Obviously, Mike Trout knows how to do it. And when you when you draft Giancarlo Stanton, like, does Giancarlo Stanton, he knows how to crush a baseball 550 feet. But does he know how to, like, do that, get on an airplane, sprint to first base, run in the outfield, get back in the airplane every day, keep your focus, not, like, not pay attention and uh, hurt yourself doing something or – you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> does he really know how to do the whole thing, right? He knows how to crush the baseball when he's in the batter's box. But does he know how to do the whole thing? And and, and in some ways, it's just results-oriented, what I'm saying. It's just the guys who have done it many, many times, they know how to do the whole thing. And, you know, there's something to that. Like, we, we if we just look at baseball skill, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, this guy throws, you know, Strasburg has nasty stuff, he's good, but does he know how to, like, pitch for an entire season and keep it consistent whether stuff is good or bad like get the best out of his stuff most nights and you know I don't know I don't know that so he knows you're to saying do it. that
1: people are basically in fantasy you, you people are underrating just basically track record you're saying yeah, well no I'm the one who always thought it was overrated the
0: people are looking at the past and you know I was always like well every, you know, last year's stats don't help you this year right they're not they're not making the ball go farther or the you throw harder but i'm just starting to think that like there's a skill that we're sort of omitting it's not the track record. The track record doesn't like it doesn't matter what his stats were. It's just that the dude knows how to play, not just the game of baseball, like on one thing, but knows how to do it under the conditions that they have to do it under for in Major League Baseball, right? And, that's and what, who knows
1: how many reasons that other people that ha- haven't been able to do it, like right. who unquantifiable. But I actually, I, I mean, I, I could tell you, uh, you know, stories you hear and all that stuff. Right. Like so, Puig,
0: right? Like I loved Puig last year, right? But I was truly underestimating the sort of like, it's not just about, he's obviously very skilled baseball player, but I was underestimating like, yeah, you also have to like seem like you care, get in the lineup, get on the, you know, you have to deal like, you know, not just party your ass off. Like there's a lot of shit you got to do. I know it's not right. rocket science, and maybe I'm over overselling this. Like maybe it's most players pretty much know how to do it, but like it, you know it's it's, a, it's the job. There's more to the job than standing in the batter's box a couple
1: times and swinging the bat. For sure, yeah. Remind remind me off air. I actually have a story to tell you about this, but I can't okay. can't go on record about this. Uh, that's a good tease. But um, so to finish this off, uh, I want your opinion on Syria. I mean, stay the fuck out. I mean, how stupid do you have to be?
0: What the fuck are they doing Iraq we went in there look what the disasters look at Libya Do you know there's a, an article in the Guardian where they're like selling people into slavery in Libya now? Yeah. We went in there what for humanitarian purposes now like people are being sold into slavery It is it is such a disaster in those places in large part due to our intervention ISIS exists due to our intervention in those places now, oh, but this will be different. Let's go, what the fuck? I mean, who is even saying that? And the only difference with this one is now Russia is actually an ally of Sirius, and now we're, like, getting into that Cold War or maybe Hot War that we don't want, obviously. Like, so why would we, why are these pundits on TV cheering this bombing? It's like, I mean, it's not just moronic. You're a fucking idiot if you think this is a good idea. I mean, I I can't even imagine a, a person with an IQ above 50 thinking that this is a good idea i don't understand it if you're a war profiteer i get it if you're like a, a tv pundit who wants exciting stuff to cover i get it it's gross but i get it but if you're like a regular person who really has nothing to do with any of this shit why the fuck would you think this is a good idea
1: no it sounds pretty awful Do you awful.
0: did disagree with me i mean is there
1: is no there... i don't know it's awful i just it, wanted you to stay to it's
0: why would why would anybody think this is a good idea to get involved what are we doing? It's, it's just beyond stupid. Like, oh, no, it's for humanitarian. We care about the people. Do you realize how many other people were either, like, complicit in their deaths or their problems, like, in Yemen and other places and don't care at all? And how many times we've said, oh, no, no, we're, we're going to Iraq to liberate them from Saddam Hussein. We're going to Libya to liberate them. Like, all these bogus – we won't even take in refugees, right? And we're advocating humanitarian – like, our humanitarian solution is to, like, get involved with some bombing it's like, it's not, it's clearly not what this is about. And so if you're buying that, I mean, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how naive you you could possibly be.
1: No, it's scary stuff for sure. Uh, that's why I just wanted you to reiterate it. It's, uh, it's not good. Not, 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 not good. Not at all. Yeah, for sure. All right, man.
0: All right, let's Uh, wrap it up on that positive note. This podcast is brought to you by Fandle. There's a special offer for new Fandle users. You can get a free six-month roto subscription with a $10 deposit on Fandle. Go to Fandle.com RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on Fandle. It's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to Fandle.com RW.